Master Tavern Keepers, History of the Old World. And so, I think it's about time I return to the tale of the halfling Ludwig Brambledown in his efforts to find me as I sheltered with the Tuareg nomads of Araby. Oh, yeah. In your retelling, he'd reached the palace of the great Sultan of Al-Hayik, as I recall. Ah, yes, indeed. And he was considerably richer by the time he'd reached the palace walls than when he set out from the harbour, I have to say. He'd, um pickpocketed his way there like a street urchin, weaving his way through the maze of thoroughfares and side alleys, cutting a purse here and lifting an interesting item from a stall or individual there. In fact, he related one of these incidents to me. A vicious knife fight had broken out between two rival gangs in an alley. The Jambia daggers were slicing through both the air as well as men's throats. Ah, oh, Ludwig, dove into the melee using his sure feet and slight stature to avoid being noticed and grabbed himself a few bags of coins and a small locked chest of what he hoped was precious treasure. Lockpicking, though, wasn't his uh, forte, to be honest. Anyway, his first real port of call after all this was actually a brothel, although he didn't know it was such. He told me all about it as we supped our ales in the Dancing Sphinx Tavern in the city of Martek. Well, my dear Septimus, I was actually looking for a bodyguard. But the first place I went to was a uh, house of pleasure, as it happens, and not somewhere you'd normally go to recruit someone to uh, guard you. Ah, now that is a good excuse. I'll have to use that next time I'm caught making a beeline for the brothel straight off the boat. It's no lie. I've no interest in your longshot women. Too tall, too thin, and far too grim. I like my women. Chunky, short, and happy. Anyways, what had drawn me to this place was the imposing ogre who stood at the front door next to the more diminutive Arabian fellow who occupied the table beside the entrance. The ogre was huge, even for a race renowned for their large size. He wore a white loincloth and an untidy blue turban on his bald head that matched the hue of his Arabian boots. But that was it. He was bare-legged and bare-breasted and, obviously, darkly tanned by the southland sun. His two most striking features, though, were the very large, very heavy bronze blade he bore and the extremely long and wispy moustache that trailed down from above the corners of his mouth to the top of his gut. He was chained by his neck to the wall of the brothel. 
He'd make a fine bodyguard, I thought. I approached the master of the house first, though, to inquire about hiring him. Hey, excuse me, my dear master. We don't service your kind here, Kazamun. Although I have a few clients who might enjoy servicing you if you are truly as nimble with those fingers as the rumors say your race is. Sorry, my dear fellow. I have no idea what you're talking about. I'm actually after a bodyguard. Your bodyguard, in fact, for a little trip down to Martek. I can uh, pay handsomely. At this point, I pulled out the small chest that I had pilfered from the dead leader of the gang of thugs earlier. I had not had a chance to look through it, though, but it was very heavy and rung with the sound of plenty of gold coins and whatnot when I shook it. I saw the brothel master's eyes grow large at the sight of it, and he turned to his gigantic companion. Hassan, take the box from the little man and dispose of him. Hassan, take. Hassan, do. And as I cringed at his booming voice, the ogre picked me up by my collar and relieved me of my small stolen treasure chest, deftly setting it down on the nearby table. The brothel master began to laugh as he expertly picked the lock and threw open its lid. There was indeed a captain's fortune of coin and jewels, but that was not all, for out also leapt an Arabian Deathstalker. Oh, yeah, and I'm uh, sorry to interrupt your retelling, Master Tavengeeper, but uh, what is an Arabian Deathstalker then? Ah, well, Deathstalkers are extremely venomous scorpions native to the deserts of Araby, with a poison so deadly that most die within minutes, if not moments. That said, Whilst in Lashik, I heard of a uh, Janissary who survived for over a fortnight after being stung. But uh, such superhuman, godlike feats are beyond the ken of most men. Anyway, let's get back to old uh, Ludwig. The Deathstalker immediately struck at the brothel master, and although he stuck the creature to the table with his jambia, it was already too late. Hassan and I watched transfixed as the brothel master quickly grew pale and stiff before we saw white froth begin to trickle from the corners of his mouth. He was drowning in his own body's fluids as they accumulated in his lungs. Once I was sure he was dead, I sunk my teeth into the fist of the ogre and he released me. I then jumped onto the table, retrieved my box, grabbed the brothel master's knife and pointed it at Hassan. Hassan, you took my box, and now your master is dead. Soon they will come for you. I saw the ogre look about in confusion. But I can protect you and feed you. Come with me, do as I ask, and all will be well. And with that, I took the key to the ogre's chain from around the neck of the dead brothel master and released Hassan. He then threw the chains to the ground, grabbed the dead brothel master by his long hair braid, and then twisted off his head before grabbing me and putting me on his shoulder. Hassan, come. Hassan, go. And now 
I had my bodyguard. Next, I needed a guide. Hassan and I headed down to the southern part of the city of Al Haik to the great gate in the white wall that leads to the desert. As I'd anticipated, nobody messed with me with Hassan in tow. Camped outside the southern gate, we found a number of nomadic camps. I chose the one with the fewest camels, a dusty affair with gaunt-looking beasts sleeping near a muddy watering hole. Occupying the centre of the camp were partially scorched rugs laid out haphazardly. Hassan strode past the two large piles of bones that demarcated its entrance, and we approached the main tent. Ahoy! Whose camp is this? At my words, an Arabian man in faded desert garb stepped forth out of the tent flap, leading an old woman by the hand. She wore a bandage over her eyes and supported herself with a gnarly walking stick. Who asks? They call me Brambledown, and I come bearing a gift and a request. I bade Hassan set me down and pulled out a blue gem from my chest of treasure and passed it to the woman's aid to place in her hands. <laughs> Let us talk inside. She welcomed us into her tent, and soon the wine was flowing and the goat's meat was roaring over the fire. We learned that the woman was called Zaka al-Yamama, and had once been a powerful sorceress, blessed with brilliant blue eyes that had helped her foresee the future. A cabal of jealous rivals stoked the flames of fear in some of her local tribespeople, and they tore out her eyes and crucified her. Fortunately, her grandson, Fadi, the man who now served as her aide, had found and saved her. After some short and sharp negotiations, she agreed to help us travel down to Martek in return for more gems. The preparations were begun the next day. Thank <laughs> you.